We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Swagger from the corner. Yes! And the foul! Is he having himself an afternoon? Swagger feeling his third three already. On the drive goes Patty Casey for the basket. <laughs> Backdoor cut Swider with the jam. This is Swider in close. And one. All right, friends of the show, welcome back. Episode 36. Sounds a little different. I'm opening up. Cole is not able to join us tonight. Um, he actually got signed, but... <laughs> uh, come Good on, play. Patty. <laughs> come on, Patty. Rocking that Manscaped shirt. You don't fool me. No, Swider is here. We just wrapped up a great interview with his uh, longtime friend. I got the vibe that you guys literally knew each other. Like, you guys are sandbox boys, you and David Duke Jr. <laughs> so, um, great conversation with him. I mean... Being from Rhode Island, there's not a lot of people in Rhode Island, as as known by, especially this show, right? But, um, but yeah, me and David, we go back to probably around sixth grade. We played against each other, Rhode Island Hawks versus Providence United. Uh, just going back in the day, obviously playing against him and, and seeing him develop just, just to where he is now has just been amazing. So we played against each other in high school, um, played against each other in college, and obviously in the NBA now, so. Just, just always root for guys who are from Rhode Island. There's not a lot of us, and, and it's really cool to be able to play against David now and obviously see where he's at and all the hard work that he's done to get to this point. So yeah. really great interview with him. Really looking forward to you guys to listening to that interview. I said uh, I said this before we started the interview, but I saw him play against Buddy, against the Mudder City Crews, and he did not belong in the G League at all. He's, <laughs> he's quite the player. Yeah. So athletic. Yeah, no, he's like yeah. NBA body. Just, just doesn't belong down there. You know what I mean? One hundred percent. Yeah. No. He, he, uh, he played a lot his first year in the NBA, and then this past year, I mean, just with the Nets and the constant changing of the roster and everything like that, he didn't really get that much of an opportunity. But when he went down to the G League, he showed that he did not, he did not belong there. Was yeah. an All Star in the G League, um, and obviously just, just put his name on the map in terms of, of a team that he could possibly go to. If that's the Nets, if that's another team. Um, He's gonna have a, a he's gonna have some opportunities coming up this year, and I know he's excited for that. Definitely, but yeah, we're stacking good episodes here. Last week, Terrence Mann. If you haven't yet, go back listen to the Terrence episode. Make sure you download it along with yeah. listening. Um, you know, we gotta hit our quota for Blue Wire, or else they're gonna they're <laughs> gonna cancel us, water. <laughs> they're gonna cancel the pod. So, um, but since we last spoke, 
the most boring NBA Finals in the history of basketball is wrapped up. Denver Nuggets beat the Miami Heat in five. Um, I guess close personal friend Bruce Brown now has a ring, so he has that over you. But uh, I don't know. What did you, you think of the series overall? I mean, it was just clear throughout the whole entire series that Denver was a better team. It looked like Miami was, was tired. Um, and, yeah, I, I don't think there's a lot really to say about the finals. I think it was very one-sided, it seemed like, even though there was there were some good games in the finals. Um, but I think what everyone's waiting for now is just John Moran's suspension. So I guess we'll get, <laughs> yeah. we'll get those. That, that Wait, do you, have a, do, you have a, do you have a prediction there? I've been hearing anywhere from 30 games to 50 games. So I, really? I would say probably, 30 minimum? Yeah, that's what I've been hearing, yeah. No way. Dude, uh, Silver saying I don't want to take away from the finals, so we're going to announce it after the series. Like, that just made it way worse. <laughs> did, did you see uh, Mike Malone even, even like, talking crap a little bit? But he was like, uh, he talks you know, a I lot. Might reti- he's like, I might, I might retire. Oh, yeah, yeah, retire. yeah, I saw that quote. Yeah. It was kind of funny, honestly. I know that's your boy, no, I know that's your teammate, but I thought it was a pretty good line. Yeah, no. Mike Malone, obviously, he 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 takes the disrespect and wears it on his forehead. So, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, I don't know. He panders a little bit. Like getting on the mic right after they won, and he's like, "The best one's gonna be the next one, or whatever it is." Like, all right, man. Yeah. Just just take this victory lap. Hey, what about his chain today during the during the? Yeah, parade? he was loaded. Did you see the videos of him? Brucey e. B's coming back. <laughs> We're running it back. He was screaming. That actually looked like a way more fun parade than I expected out of that group. Mainly because Jokic Especially, was, like, he he dropped the whole, like, I don't care about this anymore uh, bit and just, like, seemed to actually enjoy the day. No, he, he did. He did enjoy it. And my boy Christian Brown enjoyed the day immensely. Did he? He had the day of his life, yeah. If, was he having to? Oh, if you look at overtime, you look at some like this, these other, uh, <laughs> these other Instagram pages, he was going insane. So shout out, shout out, CB. You deserve it, bro. Rightfully so. Can you explain uh, the backstory there? I don't know if we've we've touched on that, but right now is a more relevant time than ever to uh, explain your relationship with with him, Christian Braun. Yeah, yeah, Chris. So it's actually pronounced Brown. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I so, knew that. So Christian Christian Brown, uh, me and him are part of the same agency. He we're represented by two separate like mini agents, but Bill Duffy is our agent. Um, mm-hmm. Bill Duffy and Associates is. BDA now WME Sports is is our is our agency. So me and him spent time together in Santa Barbara during pre-draft last year, and we were actually roommates during that time. So yeah, me and CB, CB and I uh, spent a lot of time together, and it was it was fun to be with him he during a, that time, see him work. He had a hell of a finals. Like he was just going at Butler whenever he was guarding him. It's crazy. Like he's not really known as a scorer, but he has, like, explosive scoring a little bit, right? Like, mm-hmm. he's one of those players that, that we kind of talk about with Bruce a little bit. It's like, or we talked about with Terrence a little bit. Like, they won't guard him in certain possessions, and he totally made them, like, mm-hmm. t- he took advantage of that defense completely. And then he also, like, plays so well with Jokic, he'll get a, he'll get a back cut. He'll, he'll, get, he'll get an offensive rebound laid up. Like, he just makes winning plays. So Yeah. I was Shut texting up. you about him, and you were saying uh, he just knows his game so well. Like, he, he never does. tries to do too much. He knows exactly what he's out there for. And, uh, yeah, towards the end of the series, it was like they literally had seven guys who should have probably been on the court at all times. Like, they had like almost like a too many guys problem. And then Jeff Green, like, just hits timely shots, too. So it was like those those eight that they had was 
it, it was a big time eight. And obviously, and like, it just shows you how much team basketball wins at the end of the day with the way they play and, and, and how how selfless Jokic was in that finals. Just, I mean, ultimately, the, the best team won this year. And I don't think it's really up for debate. Right. It was kind of anticlimactic, but. I don't know. You, you can't go back and do the revisionist history thing of like, oh, they played an eight seed and a seven seed because in every series except for the Heat and the Wolves, it was like they were like even odds. You know what I mean? Like I kind of thought the Suns were going to beat them. I also thought you guys were going to beat them. So yeah, for it sure. is it is kind of funny they ended up playing like <laughs> the lowest combined seeding ever, but <laughs> you can't really like go back and say that. Especially when you have you beat LeBron AD, you beat KD and Devin Booker, right? You beat Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry and, and Bam Adebayo. Like if if you think about like all those teams, even Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns, like they beat really good duos yeah. and and really good teams who had injury problems, who dealt with this different things throughout their season that put them in those positions. Like all those teams the year before had made it to the playoffs, right? Besides yeah. the Lakers, but then you have LeBron and AD. So. Uh, I, I don't buy into that of, like, they play the lowest possible seeds ever. Like, I don't really buy into that. I think, like, if, let's say we lost to the Warriors and they had to play Steph and, and Draymond yeah, it's and not Clay, like and that's a six yeah. seed. Like, they would be saying the same thing. So Yeah, it's not a typical six or seven seed. No. How about uh, Cat saying he's going to change the – they're going to look back and he changed the game of basketball. <laughs> no comment, man. Hysterical quote. He's he's a big man who shoots threes, and I think we've we've seen that, right? Yeah. But um, they might say that about me about podcasting. Might look back and I changed. I, I changed podcasting. Some people will say that, and then you'll appreciate those people. Right. Exactly. Um. But yeah, I don't know. Nuggets finals. Congratulations to Denver. Um, Swider, you're back in LA now. No. Last time we talked, you were back home. How's yep. uh how's the off season getting underway in LA? South Bay yeah, Lakers good, loves loves posting you and Scotty, by the way. I mean the two way guys. How how yeah. can you not uh, show some love to the two way guys? But yeah, no. Shout, shout out South Bay Lakers have treated me well the whole entire year. Always post some great content. They actually got voted the number one content team in the G League, which I would extend I that would, to the NBA. Yeah. I I might just have a higher alert on it because I'm like looking for posts of you at all times. But yep. they post, like, so consistently. You know, they're great. But, yeah, no, overall, just, just gotten back here, kind of got my feet wet, had my trainer, Anthony Singh, to come out here with me the first, like, week to kind of get me back acclimated to keep on doing the things that we were doing when I was back at home. So it's been a, it's been a really good um, time back out here, being able to work with my position coach, Jordan, uh, who we talk about in the podcast with David. He was in Brooklyn with David. and uh, Right. Been, been been back at work with him. I think I've, I've been sharpening a lot of my tools and, and getting a lot better. So I'm excited, man. Excited to, to kind of – it's such a different off-season off than it was last year because last year I was flying around, going to these team workouts and seeing these guys come in, like, to, to our gym and, and, and kind of go through that process again. I've seen probably five or six guys that I know throughout playing against them in high school, college, AAU. Like I've played against all these guys who are coming to the gym. So it, it's been cool to – kind of like reflect on that process but not have to be in it <laughs> yeah how many pre-draft process so what you have like two weeks three weeks before summer league yeah so about about three weeks till summer league uh about two and a half weeks till we start doing like the summer league uh, but practices 
Yeah, like when is when? It, how soon after the draft is the summer league roster finalized? It'll probably be finalized the day after the draft. So um, we'll, we'll know all the guys who are going to be on the team. I, I know a lot of the guys who are at least on a G League team. Like they know what teams are going to play summer league with. Um, so it's just now it's just based on the rookies filling out the rest of the summer league roster. That makes sense. It's wider summer league locker room. A lot of sweat going around. A lot of hygiene issues. A lot of smelling bad. You know what you can use I know for where that? This is going. I know where this is going. Our main supporter. Yep. Manscaped. Bang. So, like every week, support for the Cole Swider Show this week is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. That's a bar. I got a lot. Of, I got a lot of great feedback on that last week. Manscaped Performance Package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over eight million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. We are offering 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code SWIDER, that is capital S-W-I-D-E-R, at manscaped.com. The other disclaimer that I could put out, I have a shirt on right now. I also wore the boxer briefs last week to the Belmont Stakes, very long day, wearing uh, some Lulu slacks, wearing some a button-down. It's not the most, it's, it's a little stuffy. It was pretty hot out. Yeah. Had some uh, adult beverages. I was comfortable all day. <laughs> no sweat issues down there I was comfortable um, so yeah I can't recommend the product highly enough and just like last week if our math is correct Swider, 8 million men worldwide was that equal 16 million balls yes sir that are and, it, and if you were with Manscaped those those things will be taken care of obviously my, my experience with Manscaped has been unbelievable so far um, use the product twice. I, I pride myself now in being in being clean. It's and great. Efficient. It's, it's a confidence boost right off the bat. It is a confidence boost, and for all for 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 our let's just say for our audience, I think there's not a more perfect yeah perfect company to, to sponsor us. Right? We 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 hit that 21 to 30 year old men, even even the older men who want to stay clean for the for the significant other. Right. I, I think that's. That's a great thing, but get 20% off of free shipping with the code SWIDER. Like Patty said, capital S-W-I-D-E-R at manscaped.com. That's 20% off of free shipping at manscaped.com and use code SWIDER again, capital S-W-I-D-E-R. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Manscaped, great partner of ours and, and really excited with the, the, the opportunity they've given the us partnership. to partnership to take care of yourself, not only with the razors, but with all the other really nice products that they have. Swire, before we kick it to David, um, we were talking a little bit before. Speaking of balls, little white balls flying around L.A. right now. <laughs> uh, there's rumors of you going to the U.S. Open. Is that true? So, one of my teammates, we talk about a lot, Scotty Pippen Jr., fantastic basketball player, obviously. Episode 4, nice. check it out. Yeah, Maestro in the pick and roll, whatever. Um, he actually lives right across from L.A. Country Club, um, right in Beverly Hills. So I think the plan is that he, he said he's charging people to go up there and, and kind of get a bo- box box view of the uh, of the of the live action. So um, plan on plan on going over there and at least getting the box view version of it. It might, it might, it might cost me a little bit, but I think it's worth it. It's, it's worth, worth it, it, brother. I'm looking at the leaderboard right now. This is Thursday night. 
947 Eastern. There's some numbers. Rory's at 6 under. DJ 7 under. Fowler and Xander still 8 under. So, I would highly recommend. You haven't played there, have you? No, I wish. Big Pip has been telling me that, that he, he would take me out there, but we haven't. Oh, you got to hold him to that. Yeah, we haven't, we haven't locked on a date yet. That's also sweet that you just called Scotty Pip and Big Pip. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, without further ado, do you want to kick it to this week's interview with David Duke Jr.? Yeah, like, like we said before, really, really happy and excited for you guys to listen to this interview with David. Super humble guy, really into his faith, has been through a lot, not only um, in the NBA so far, but going up through his childhood and, and obviously being able to make it to the NBA from, from Rhode Island is, is, is a rare task. So um, without further ado, David Duke. Welcome. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to the Sweater Show. This week we have a very special guest, Rhode Island Zone, uh, NBA player for the Brooklyn Nets, one of my boys from from when we were literally in sixth grade playing AU against each other, my man David Duke. Welcome on the show, man. My guy, I appreciate it, bro. Thank you for having me. Then, uh, this actually should, this invite is, is, uh, wrong overdue, I should say. Hey, hey, we, we were trying to get the infrastructure together. We were trying to get some good guests on before. So, we, so by the time we got David Duke Jr. on, we were, we were seasoned podcasters, man. And I saw good, but you already know you sent the text in. And I was, you know, I was yeah. we do. We delayed it by a day too. Is that that special of an occurrence? We're usually releasing <laughs> Thursdays. This, this one's Friday, so yeah, yeah we, we appreciate, appreciate it. Ah, uh, okay, okay, <laughs> for sure, no doubt, no doubt. But yeah, David. First of all, I mean, how you been, bro? How's your off season been? I know you guys made it to the playoffs. You guys had a big transition with your team, and and obviously played against the Sixers the first round. Um, got swept, kind of like us in the Western Conference Finals, obviously, but. Uh, talk talk about your offseason so far and, and where you're at and, and give us a little update on David Duke's offseason. Yeah, man, I'm uh I'm out here working out uh basically in Miami for the summer. Um individual workouts, uh, a little different than last summer where I was with the team for most yeah, of yeah. the summer. Um, um you know, I'll be spending time back and forth in Brooklyn as well though. Uh you know, just getting work in and trying to improve my game. Um, in all aspects, uh, I'm a restricted free agent this summer, so you know we're we'll see what happens there. But right now, man, I'm just super locked in and um, just working. That's it. 
what, what's the mindset kind of going into a summer like this, right? Because we, we talked about it before, right? We've always experienced, like, the college off season. Like, last summer, you, I, me, I remember going to Brooklyn and working out, and you were there for six weeks before that, just working out the whole entire off season. What, what's it like this summer where you're kind of, like, on your own, like, you're working on your weaknesses on your own, and, and obviously you're a very hard worker yourself. So what, what's the kind of the, the difference this off season compared to the off seasons you've had in the past? Yeah, honestly, bro, uh, Honestly, it doesn't really change. It doesn't really change. Uh, the only thing that's changed this summer from last summer is the scenery. You know, uh, yeah. Everything like, I, I even went into the summer and I told the coach too. Like, you know, I'm trying to replicate what we did last summer. Cause last summer was very like, I, I literally had to do nothing but show up. You know, I didn't yeah. have to plan anything. You know, I just wake up. We, I was staying, uh, staying in a hotel the whole summer, like the Ace Hotel or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. I would wake up, the team would have a driver come pick me up, go to the gym for this certain time. I have treatment, I have lift, boom, now I'm on court, get my workout done. Right after the court, get into the weight room, get that done at a certain time. After, maybe I have a sports massage or I'm getting in the cold stuff or something like that. By like three something, whatever my days in the, you know, with the team and stuff is done, go back home, you know, maybe have a meal, whatever, to get off my feet, come back at night, get a, a bunch of shots. You know, and then kind of it was just like repeat every single day, repeat, repeat, yeah. repeat. You know what I mean? Like I didn't have to do anything, like plan anything. And honestly, I loved it, bro. Like that's just that's where I thrive. I feel like for me, where everything's kind of uh, laid out, and like I can just come in, put the work in, and not have to worry about doing too much extra stuff, and like get off my feet and chill. Like that's just kind of my ideal thing. So out here is really like what I've been trying to do um as well you know i wake up same thing get to the gym uh, i do my workouts then i head to my strength conditioning facility get that work in and do some recovery after and then at nights go back to the gym and then get some more shots up and it's it's been great like i said the only thing that changed the scenery which you know it's, it's nice to wake up to some <laughs> more sunshine than there is in uh <laughs> in brooklyn but uh but it's not bad, man. It's it's been good. It's been good. The mindset, you know, it's just always trying to be more. Uh, I think it's just trying to get one percent better every single day. You know, every off season, even in college, uh, not trying to figure everything out in one day, one week, one month. Like it's a long summer. You know what I mean? Setting goals for myself and kind of just chipping away at it. Um, kind of keeping the bigger picture in mind. For sure, man. I, I can I can attest to the, the Brooklyn Nets, man. I, I remember going there for a workout, and you saw all the schedule on the TVs. Like they had all your treatment times, your court time, your, your weight room time. They even had the amount of shots that you got up at night when you came back. And and don't worry, Rhode Island guys are always getting getting the most <laughs> shots up, man. David had the most makes for the summer. Yeah, you see me at the top of the leaderboards, man. <laughs> How are they keeping track of that? It's uh, so we literally have a chip that goes in our shorts, oh, okay. um, and I think uh, I think it's the Noah, the Noah machine, um, that like yep, tracks. Noah's Ark, yep. Yeah, yeah. The the makes and stuff. Every single make it even it tracks, bro. Like it tracks how you missed, you missed short, you missed long, left, right, no like way. all of that. Yeah. So Steve, uh, last year, Steve was a coach of Nash, and um, 
he basically after like the first week, <laughs> I was like, hey guys, like, basically tell us like, man, you guys need to get in the gym and on your own outside of what we're doing and get some shots up and stuff like kind of telling us to what he used to do in his career and things like that. So uh, we kind of just took that challenge and I think, uh, yeah, it really helped because it not forced guys, but motivated guys to get in the gym. You know, you see one guy at the top of the leaderboard, you know, climbing up and he has like 7,000 makes and you're, you haven't went to the gym and now you got like 5,000 or 4,000. Like, damn, he's 3,000 shots ahead of me. Like, I got to get in some more. So it kind of just motivated guys to do a little more, which was good, which was good. No, for sure, man. I, I remember seeing your name on the top of the list, and there's a sense of pride for me. You know what I mean? We were talking we were talking after, and, I mean, that's one thing that you've always been known for is your work ethic. I mean, I think Coach Cooley called you the hardest worker that he's ever been around. Um, a lot of a lot of different coaches have, have complimented you on that. What's what's kind of the ideology behind that? Is it the, I'm from Rhode Island, I got a big chip on my shoulder? Is it, like, you just love the, love the game, love the craft, or is it just all the above? Bro, it's just for me. I, I just want to be the best, bro. Like, that's just what it is. Like, I, I can't break it down and make it sound cooler than that. But like, it all just comes down to like, I just want to be the best. And I've never thought of like where I'm at or whatever situation I'm in, like to define how good I know I can be or how good I know I am. You know, uh, I just control what I can control. But like. All in all, I the reason I started playing this game is because I love it, right? And like I still do. And as hard as I work, I love, you know, the hard work because I enjoy seeing the process of myself getting better. So, but the motivation, bro, just comes from me knowing what I want for myself, knowing what I can get out of this game. You know, like taking care of myself, my family, my kids, future kids, kids, kids. Like you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I, that's really what I'm trying to get to, and I know like what it takes um, being around guys who are some of the greatest players to ever play, right? And seeing yeah. what they do, and for me, it's like, bro, I, I want to be there. I want to you know, be able to say like I I attempted to master something, and I done it. You know what I'm saying? So I'm still a long way from doing that, but you know, I think just the process of getting there is what I enjoy. For sure, man. We were kind of talking about it, not me, because I'm not part of this conversation, but you and Cole were talking a little bit about the two-way deal and like, kind of like the ups and downs of it, and you go up and you guys were bonding over uh, the days where you play in a G League game and then you're active on, on the NBA roster the same night, but do you feel like that mindset and just like the faith and love for the game has, has been able to kind of like buoy you in, in points where it's like, damn, like, I'm still in the G, I'm averaging 22 a game for Long Island, I feel like I should be up there, but you're kind of, like, keeping this faith because you actually do have this, like, genuine love for basketball? Yeah, bro, I mean, it's, uh, it's, like, the G, the G is, it's a grind, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's a grind. Uh, everybody who's there playing is trying to, you know, obviously feed their family, feed themselves, but I think guys aspire to be at that uh, other level, like the NBA, where, you know, you're competing at the highest level, at least for, you know, me and, like, the other guy, young guys across the G, you know. There's some guys who've been in the G League for, like, 10 years, you know what I mean? But <laughs> that's a different story. But, like, the guys who are coming in, like, freshly coming in and really trying to make something out of this, like, 
it's a grind and sometimes especially when you feel like you are talented enough to play there like it can kind of get to you in certain times but for me at least something that helped me was like i know this is going to get me better right like i can say okay like i don't want to be here bro like this is so unnecessary but no like i know i needed to be there because i was able to show what i'm working on i was able to show what i can do you know i have a much bigger role uh much bigger than i would have had with brooklyn you know what i'm saying so like i wouldn't be able to show as much you know what i'm saying so for me being there it was like okay like this guy can do this he can do that he can do that and don't get me wrong, bro, like, G League has good players. You know what I'm saying? Like, 100%. guys have a bunch of NBA experience, professional experience, you know? So it's like, if you can succeed at that level, like, you're not far off, you know? Like, you mm -hmm. can play in the NBA. It's just like, there's so many different factors that go into maybe why you're not playing. Maybe the roster structure, maybe uh, the timing of that you came into the team, you know? It's just like, it was hard for you to kind of fit your way into that role you know like they're paying these guys like so much money you know like they're investing so much into them they're gonna have to try to like you know see how they can work before the guy that they're not paying as much you know mm -hmm. that's just the reality of it you know what i'm saying yeah 100 but there's so many different factors you know what i mean and you can't let anything like that like just because they say oh you're gonna be assigned to the g league this week or this game like get to you you know what i mean it's just like you get a chance to play basketball and prove to yourself okay like, they sent me here. I'm going to show you why I should be sent back. And uh, for me, like, every game, that's what I was um, like, bro. I'm going to show why, like, I, I belong in the, in the league. So um, I thought it was a good year, though. For sure, bro. I mean, I, I can attest to that, too. Like, I always say, like, the G League might not have the size, but, like, it's it's – like everyone's in the G League for a reason, right? It's it's never because like the talent's not there. It's, it's like the size, maybe the shooting ability, the defense, like. But everyone has an NBA skill who's in the G League, so I can relate to that a lot, man. I play a lot of great players in the G League this year who've had four or five years of NBA experience who, who just aren't in the league for certain reasons. So, but let's take it back. Let's take it back to freshman year of high school, David Duke, who was sitting on the bench at Classical High School watching Keelan Ives, our, our boy. Uh, light it up, but take it back to those days when maybe you weren't even playing on varsity. Where, but some people argue, not me, that you were a better soccer player at the time. Um, but, but, but bring bring it back to freshman year in high school, and 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 what what was what was that like at that at that time? Did you did you see yourself making it to the league? Did you see yourself making a high major basketball? Or were you just like, screw it, I'm just I'm just here to play, and and whatever happens happens. I won't jump to say, like, I would say I wanted to make it to the league. Every kid that's a basketball player, you know, wants to make it to the league, you know. But it's like, to make it to the league, bro, it's, they say, oh, only 1% of players, bro, is less than 1%. You know, like, 1%, I think 1% of basketball players play college basketball or, like, Division One college basketball, right? So it's yeah. even smaller than that that plays. It's the 1% of the 1%. Yeah, bro. So it's like... It's like for me, like, yeah, I was dreaming, like, yeah, I wanted to play in the NBA, I wanted to be professionally, but it was just like, I didn't feel like I believed any harder than anybody else. I was just like, bro, like, I just, I'm going after it, we're just going to see how it goes. But like you said, at the time, like, at freshman year, bro, I was playing soccer heavy, like, <laughs> I was playing for, like, a club team, like, we were traveling all over, but that's kind of... You come from a soccer family, right? 
Yeah, so, so well, my dad played soccer and basketball. Both of my parents are Liberian, so like they're born in yeah. West Africa, came here. Like that was what they played growing up. My dad played basketball too, though. He actually played in college when he came here uh, in New York. He played at a uh, city college of New York. Um, Oh, wow. And then after like a couple of years, I think he only played for two years. And then after he just focused on his degree. Uh, but yeah, so like growing up, I was always sports. I didn't really play video games like that. Like I wasn't a kid yeah. that was inside. I was always outside on the floor at the park, whatever it was. Um, but yeah, freshman year, like I was, I had just kind of slowed down with soccer because basically like what the situation was, I wouldn't have really been able to, be fully invested into basketball or even with school sports like I would have to been you know really invested with the soccer uh playing for the club team but you know after that I kind of scrapped the club team I was playing for my school basketball I played soccer freshman year actually for basketball as well um and then from there like sophomore year I came back I just grew like there was nothing really that crazy change yeah like freshman year I was playing JV and I was like, like five nine, maybe or like I don't even know five something. And playing JV, I didn't even touch a varsity court but like until the JV season was over, and then I would dress up, but I would not play at all, you know. Yeah. So then sophomore year comes around, and uh, I come back taller. I was like six one, I think. I came back six one sophomore year, and that's when I started to like become more athletic, you know, grow into my body. Um, and then just kind of just figure myself out. I would show flashes here and there, but still very raw, like skill-wise and stuff. And then I just honestly just started to progress, progress, progress. I changed AU teams. I went to Mass Rivals, and you know, I think going there, like they, they put me to work, like showed me how to really work hard. I thought I really worked hard, but you know, it always like somebody working harder than you, right? So then I starts to develop more and more and bro like that's just kind of how high school went junior year i got better and then you know you guys you know what happened after like we just kind of did that same thing together like you got better i got better and then we just kind of saw our careers take off after that so so after junior year of high school at classical you win the division one state you win the division one state championship you, you bring that that state championship home to classical and then after that you decided to go to cushing academy what went into that decision because at that time you were still getting division one offers even when you were at classical so what, what kind of went into that decision and what made you choose Cushing over St. Andrews? <laughs> yeah, uh, so I, uh, <laughs> soft, I think junior year, junior year at class school, we won the state championship. What's funny is sophomore year, I was uh, thinking about going to a prep school. Um, but I just, in my heart, I just knew it wasn't the right time. Like literally my parents sat me down. I remember I was in their room in they had like the application or whatever for, I forget what school it was, maybe Tabor Academy or something like that. Oh, wow. And they were like, you want to, yeah, they were like, you want to go? Or like, do you want to do another year at class school? And I was just sitting like, man, like, part of me was like, man, I don't want to leave my friends at class school. <laughs> but part of me was like, yo, like, that would be lit. Everybody wants to go prep, like, you know? But I, also, I just, I really like genuinely knew like I wasn't ready yet. I was like, I haven't, I'm not like in a position where I really killed public school like I had a great sophomore year but I didn't like really kill yet so I was like you know let me just do one more year and then go um so junior year once I you know we won the championship I got I think maybe two 
for three offers from that now since 2017 i reclassed um because another school at the time was like saying oh we'll offer you but if you reclass and that was kind of like the big thing with who i was talking to my aau coach and stuff like that just thinking about like my career and stuff so we made that decision went to cushing over st andrews uh <laughs> we had some, some some ties over there to cushing so uh went there and it was a great decision bro i i uh was there with a couple of my au teammates um my roommate World championship yeah my roommate was uh would be sabidi who was at virginia tech you know stuff like that he was like somebody who really like helped me see how good i could be but also made sure like i was always working hard bro like that dude is the hardest person working person i've ever met like even till this day um wow. he wake me up at like 6 a.m like go over to my bunk like wake me up and like yo we got to go run the hills like i'm like bro like we just had a long ass day yesterday and now you want to wake me up and like go run hills again like and i was playing i think i played soccer my first year there too so like i was just beat i was doing both in the fall because basketball we started playing pickup in the fall and stuff. Yeah. but all in all like it, it it really got me working hard and when i went there bro like i think my career took off like my high school career and i got way more offers and kind of just grew into the player that um i wanted to be for sure just man. And after Go ahead, go ahead, Patty. No, I was just going to say, just real quick, I want to stay on the soccer point for a second because it's hilarious you ended up playing for Steve Nash because I think he's probably the most famous, like, drew the comparison between basketball and soccer. So do you feel like there was there was qualities of it that helped you on the basketball court? Oh, yeah, absolutely, bro. Like, I feel like my footwork just – when you're doing basketball moves, like, you've got to have some type of footwork, and I feel like for, for – playing soccer that's all obviously all that it is so i think that helped me i think like my just my conditioning like my uh run like my speed i think all of that kind of just went into helping me with basketball right. uh it's funny me and steve like talked about that too when i was there uh how he used to play soccer and all that like his family's obviously it was pretty big into soccer as mm-hmm. well but um yeah we would always like chop it up about that so. <laughs> That's hilarious. So, David, obviously after your junior year, you get a ton of offers. You get Kansas, Villanova, Indiana, Florida, Providence, Virginia Tech, and probably 20 more. But you, you end up narrowing your, your top five to Villanova, Indiana, Florida, Providence, and Virginia Tech. Um, and then you ultimately decide to go to Providence. What, what was this, what was kind of the decision to, to come home and, and play for the Friars and and uh, live, that, live that dream? Uh, I think for me, the decision really fell down to where I felt I was genuinely wanted um, and where I just felt like I could really, like, do what I wanted to do, you know? Like, I, I wanted to play at the highest level of college basketball. I wanted to be in a position where I got an opportunity to play and that I would be able to, like, play through mistakes and and you know, just eventually strive for the league, but it wasn't like a real, real reality yet. Um, I don't know. I feel like it was just, like I said, I was genuinely wanted there and 
it's the hometown city. Like I always said too, like when people would ask, like I have two little brothers and for them to be able to like come to every single home game and watch me play, like yeah. I feel like that was just inspirational for them, my family, like kids around the city, all, all my friends that, you know, I playing with and stuff, like to be able to go to the game, like, like this kid, we really played with him at the rec centers and now he's playing at the Dunkin' Donuts Center. Man. And you know, like a different feeling for me. And uh, yeah, man, I, I would make the same decision a hundred times again because I feel like that was you know a great a great decision. You know, it turned out it worked out well for me. And uh, yeah, I, I love Providence. Did you uh, did you feel any like added pressure coming in that freshman year? Because obviously, like you're saying, you're a complete like hometown hero. The fan base goes nuts when you commit, and then it's like you know everybody in the stands. Everyone knows you. So did you feel any pressure coming into that as, like, an 18, 19-year-old kid? I mean, pressure, like, at that time, yes, a thousand percent, bro. It was kind of just more than any pressure that anybody else had put on me. And it was mm-hmm. kind of like I had this perception of what people thought of me and what they were expecting of me that I tried to make myself go out and do and, like, it, it kind of got to a point where it just it wasn't healthy at one point like i was dry, literally driving myself crazy because i wasn't performing to the level that i feel like was expected of me now who expected this of me i don't know i just <laughs> put this on myself yeah. like they expect me to go out here and drop 40 but it's like bro you're a freshman like and you know it, it's kind of hard to realize that because in the moment bro you have a bad game don't go on social media you figure out like how to take that pressure off myself realize like bro you're playing a game you know regardless of what they do like they like there was so much even on my province visit like the banners and <laughs> toilet paper with my sticker <laughs> on it like, just crazy stuff bro. i'm just like i've never had this level of like love shown to me and thing and like somebody saying we want you like that bad you know, so it was just like a shock for me, but I feel like I adjusted to it. Um, I had to go through some, you know, hard times there, but I think all in all, like figuring that stuff out, like was a blessing for me in disguise because like overall, like I came out such a better player and aside from being a better player, like a better person mm-hmm. and like just a wise, more wise person. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I just, I feel like now being, going through what I went through, I think being able to, you know, get back and help college kids going through their experience and stuff like that. Like I did the uh, Biggie's uh, fundamentals thing, the player panel, like talking to them yeah. about coming in and stuff like that. I think that that's something that I really like, I really enjoy and um, really want to do because I feel like I have a unique journey as you do as well, Pope. Um, you can speak on that as well, so. Yeah, not for sure, bro. And like. One thing I'll say about David is that he always goes back to Providence and, and gives back and has community days. And that's one thing that's, that's so impressive is that, like, we're from the smallest state in the country. And you could easily leave, go to Brooklyn, and, and, and never come back. But that's one thing I always respect about David. And he never forgets where he comes from. So I really respect that, bro. Oh, for sure, man. For sure. Hometown love, man. I, they showed me the most love, like, coming up. And I think, like, not enough, uh, not, that is not enough, but like, people really don't know too much about Rhode Island, you know what I mean? So it's just like, like 
And he was like, yeah, I'm like, man, you got to tell my teammates, like, yo, you got to come to Rhode Island sometime, like, or tell them about yeah. what we got and stuff like that. They always be joking, like, where is Rhode Island? But, yeah, man, I, I got to do my part to try to put us on. <laughs> 100%. But obviously you have a great career at Providence. You three years and then decided to declare for the NBA draft. Um, talk about that decision a little bit because obviously you could have went back for your senior year. Um, you didn't know at the time, but NIL was kind of starting that year. Um, so what was that kind of decision like? And, and, and you going back, uh, you decide you going back to Providence and telling them that you're going to go to the draft. Um, so after my, uh, what was it, sophomore year, we uh, we actually made the tournament, but the tournament never happened. COVID, yeah, COVID. Um, and I was, I started, you know, like I had a solid season sophomore year, like my three point percentage like doubled, like I had such, like a big jump. But honestly, I knew nothing really about like the draft process and stuff like that. Like people would ask, like, oh, "Are you declaring after my sophomore season?" I'm like, no, like I don't even. Why would I do that? Like, I feel like I'm not talked about on ESPN. Like, you know, I, I just didn't really know too much about anything. Um, so that summer, you know, COVID happened. Uh, I found my way to gym. Like, made sure I was super hard. And, um, you know, I was, actually got the opportunity to, like, be in the gym with, you know, other pros and like guys who are in the league and like compete against them. And that's where I kind of feel like I got my confidence. Like, yo, like I could really do this thing if I really, you know, put my mind to it and try. So, you know, coming back that junior year after spending, you know, the summer really like working out, battling, picking the minds of like other pros and stuff. Like, I feel like my, my game, my confidence, like my overall, uh, just everything was better than sophomore year. And I was thinking like, I didn't think like after my junior year, I would declare I just thought that at some point, like, whether it's after this year or next year, like, I'm just going to try to go into clear and, you know, see how it goes. So uh, going into my junior year, like, I started off hot, man, like, hot. I feel like I was averaging, like, 27 and 6 or something. And then uh, I feel like – yeah, bro, we were playing at Alumni Hall. We didn't couldn't even play in the dunk in front of the fans. It was crazy. But uh, then we hit conference play, and I kind of took like a little dip. And I feel like I still had a good season. I think I feel like I uh, I ended averaging like seventeen or whatever. Yep. But it was just a little dip, and we weren't very good. Um, our team didn't have the best record. We didn't make the tournament. So you know, you don't make the tournament. It's just like man, like I felt like kind of let the team down as a leader you know i wasn't really sure if i wasn't really thinking about what i would do yet um i was just kind of hung up on man like we didn't make the tournament like that just sucks you know what i mean like i want to run it back i want to have another chance to do it um but then kind of taking a step back and looking over my career and you know seeing what was going on and, and obviously you hear this and that from scouts and whatever um sat down my my dad and we talked about it. it was like you know we just felt like it would be smart to you know declare um they didn't know yet if i was going to keep my name in uh but after you know meeting with agents at the time you know picking who i would go with to declare with and stuff um talking with them 
you know, we just kind of made that decision like, yeah, we we're going to be all in. Um, and yeah, from there, I mean, we went back and told uh, Ed Cooley and, you know, he was with it. Um, you know, he, he loves me. He said, whatever you're doing, I support you. I love you. Like, you know, we want you here, but, you know, we also feel like you're an NBA player, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, then that, that was really how it went. There was no bad blood, no arguing, anything like that. It was, you know, they were happy for me. And whatever I decided to do, like, for my future, they were going to support me. Um, and it's just been all up. So moving on to draft night, a lot of people don't know this, but I mean Jordan, Jordan, not he's assistant coach with Lakers now. He's assistant coach with Brooklyn last year. He he talks to me all all the times about you had the opportunity to be drafted at 44, 42. Yeah, it's late second round. Yeah, what, what, one of those picks, and he talks about how you declined to get drafted so you could sign the exhibit ten. Talk about that decision because it, to, to the normal person that sounds crazy. It's like you could have been drafted. Your dream, your whole entire life's been drafted to be drafted and then you turn that down to sign a, a training camp contract not even a two-way contract and, and really just bet on yourself talk about that decision and, and obviously you end up signing with Brooklyn after the draft yeah man uh so draft night comes I legit have no clue what's gonna happen like range from first round to yeah bro like late first round to undrafted like that's where i'm thinking i have no idea you know what i mean and um i had some great workouts uh coincidentally brooklyn was my best workout um of course and uh i just was like whatever happens whatever happens it happens like god got me you know like i'm gonna just roll with whatever happens you know what i mean so anyways definitely is going on i have around my friends and family uh, I'm hearing the picks go down. Literally every team, bro, that I see that I had a good workout with, I'm like, yo, what if like I, my agent calls me right now? He doesn't call me? Damn, like I don't know what. And that and that pressure too, because I, I had all my family and friends over my house too. Like that that's that's pressure, bro. Yeah, like everybody's you know they're having a good time, eating whatever, listening to music, and like I'm over there like sweating, and my palms are so sweaty, bro. I'm trying to yeah. keep it together, like. I'm just you had that fit on. <laughs> yeah, like, um, I'm trying to, you know, put on a poker face, like, not make any reactions or anything like that. And uh, as the night goes on, like, you can just see, you know, people just sitting around, just waiting and stuff. And me, I'm just like, man, I don't even know what's going on. Like, um, not that I had an expectation, you know what I'm saying, to be drafted, but it was just like, like, I didn't know, like, I was just going to completely go undrafted, you know what I mean? But yeah. anyways, it gets to the pick, and finally my agent calls me. He's like, yo, like, Brooklyn wants to draft you. But uh, if I would have been drafted, I think it was, like, to get drafted and be a G League stash. And then, um, like, I think maybe for a year or whatever, and then after, like, I would have a chance to um, be on the roster or something like that. And it was like, but if you go undrafted, just signed an exhibit 10 deal for a training camp and you know if they give you two way they do if not then you know you'd probably be like a on the gd or something like that so yeah. i'm like man i do not care about hearing my name called i literally i told me i said bro i do not care about hearing my name called 
He's like, whatever gives me the best opportunity, whatever gives me a shot at being on the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah. So I didn't, because how he had put it to me, I didn't really understand. Like, I was like, but wait, why if I get drafted, I yeah. wouldn't be able to be on Brooklyn, but if I go undrafted, I have it. Like, it doesn't make sense at the time. <laughs> I understand that. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't yeah, make any doesn't, sense. I don't get that at but, all. But, you know, like, there's a whole bunch of things that go on with, like, the draft, especially second round, like, um, depending on the pick. But, yeah. So I was like, you know what? Like, you're saying, like, I was like, you. so you're saying if I go undrafted, I can have a shot at being on the roster. It's like, yes. I was like, let me go undrafted. <laughs> Yeah, what? what are we even talking about? <laughs> like, let me go and draft it. Like, I, I really do not care. Yeah, like, I won't be able to say that I got drafted, but, like, that's an ego thing. Like, like my ego is not that big for me to be like, no, like, I want to get drafted. No, bro, like, it's cool. So, anyways, like, the draft, uh, I already knew by that time, though, like, 40-something that uh, they were wanting me to be on an Exhibit 10, so... After, you know, I find that with my agent, this and that. Um, yeah, then I told everybody, like, I'm signing a, a exhibit, a training camp deal with the Brooklyn Nets, and that was it. And then went to um, Brooklyn, like, two days later. Yep. Practiced for, like, a couple of days with the Summer League team and went out to Summer League. And that was, like, the most nerve-wracking, bro, like, two-week <laughs> stretch of my life. Like, I was in every Summer League game, bro, just, like, man, I don't need, like, bro, do they want me? Like, do they want to give me a two-way? I didn't know, like, what was going yeah. on. And, uh, yeah, and then, you know, later on, uh, I think not till, like, maybe October, because we played a couple of preseason games before I even signed my two-way. I was still on the Exhibit 10 deal. I think by, like, almost the last uh, preseason game, that's when I uh, signed a two-way. And it was just like a weight lifted off my shoulders, bro. <laughs> so, it's crazy because, like, God, it's crazy because, like, just seeing you go through that process, I had no knowledge of the whole entire NBA thing. And and at that time, I had no really NBA interest on my end, right? I just left Villanova. And seeing you go through that process, it's like, yo, this is great. He's getting all these workouts. He, he signed a training camp deal. And then I see you with Katie and Kyrie in, in training camp. I'm like, oh, everything must be good. Little do I know that Exhibit 10 is nothing, bro. Bro, it's nothing. Nothing, bro. And it's not nothing. You know, it's an, like you have a contract to be on an NBA team, which, you know, it's still a blessing. But it's like exactly like what I wanted to get to, you know, it's yeah. like such a small step. And, yeah, bro, it's just from the outside looking in, you know, like if you don't really know, it's just like, oh, yeah, cool. Like he's on the Brooklyn Nets. But it's like, nah, bro, like I'm not yet. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I, like, I'm fighting, bro. Yeah. It, it was a... Uh, it was a crazy process, man. Stressful. But, uh... J.O., man, like, I love that dude. He, uh... From the jump in training camp... I mean, uh... Some of the... Some of the training camp, you could say, like, the practices yeah. and stuff from Vegas. Yeah. Like, he always spoke highly of me. Like, always kind of put that confidence in me to go out there and be a dog. Like, especially... <laughs> defense and I think that's where I kind of found my way to get that two way um, and stuff like that but uh, yeah no, I love J.O. man what was the mindset for you specifically going into training camp because you're talking about how it's like nothing's necessarily guaranteed for anyone in your position on any team that would be one thing but you're going into the Brooklyn Nets who are I don't know up there 
that team is like up there with one of the more scrutinized like ball clubs in the last recent memory. So it's like you got KD, you got Kyrie, you got James Harden, you got Steve Nash in the mix now. What was your mindset where you're like, I got to prove myself, but also like the media attention, we got three of the best players in the league. Like kind of what was that? How was it adjusting to that for you? Uh, Honestly, I, I just didn't really have any expectations. Like I had full confidence in myself though. Like I was like, man, I, I know I can play at the NBA level. You know, it's just finding my way. I know it's going to be hard, but just like how I figured it out at Providence uh, and was able to get this opportunity to even be in the league, just how I figured it out at Classical when I wasn't playing on the bench on varsity, I was on JV, like, and made it to get scholarships and with scholarships being top whatever in the country. Like, I figured my way out at every single level that I was at. Like, I just felt like it was nothing different and nothing that really scared me. I was, you know, just like, look, man, like, this is the cars that I'm dealt with and I'm just going to, you know, run with it. So going into training camp, yeah, it's crazy being in the training camp with Kyrie, Katie, James Harden, Blake Griffin, Lamarcus Aldridge, Paul Millsap, <laughs> like, Steve Nass, like, some names, man. <laughs> these are all NBA All-Stars, like, some of the best places to ever play the game, and all in one team and one gym, and it's like, man, I'm just out here looking around, like, man, this is really a blessing to be here, like, this is crazy, and I feel like in that moment, like, I didn't really put too much pressure on myself, to be honest. At that point, I was more like, I was better than I was in college, right? Like, college, I talked about having put more pressure on myself. Like, at that time, I was, you know, mm -hmm. able to kind of step back and realize, like, what was going on. Um, but, yeah, training camp, that, my rookie year, you know how training camp is. Sometimes the rookies aren't too involved, especially, like, yeah. if there's a lot of vets on the team. So I'm over there on the sideline, you know, like, kicking it with the other rookies. I think there was, like, five that were on the team. Uh, so we were on the sideline, whatever, and then we got our three-on-three -three on the side after the practice. <laughs> like, we got to get our extra workouts in before and after, like, you know, but it was cool, man. I enjoyed training camp. Um, and then, yeah, obviously going into the preseason games, I had a pretty good preseason game as well. Um, actually, versus the versus LA Lakers, uh, funny enough, but, yeah, man, it was – that was a year for sure. I mean, that full season itself was, was something, man. But I enjoyed it, man. Though I love all those guys. They're all good too. Hey, before we before we go off the topic of the Brooklyn Nets, can you talk about Kyrie? Obviously, he's one of the most scrutinized players that there is in the game. People say he's not into basketball. He is into basketball. Talk to talk to me or talk to us about just like who he is as a teammate, who he is as a person, and how different it is being in the locker room with him compared to how, how he is scrutinized in the media. Yeah, I mean, I think if you talk to any uh, of his teammates, like, you get from them, like, Kyrie's most genuine, like, cool dude, like, that's, you know, that is on the team. And it's just kind of weird seeing how the media spins it. But... That's just the media, man. Like, they're always going to find something like clickbait. If they got somebody that's a target for them that, you know, get them a lot of clicks, a lot of views, and they're going to use that. And it is what it is. And, you know, I just try to be the person that doesn't really feed into that, you know, because as another human being, like, I, 
I can imagine how it is, you know, being a target of media, every little thing you do, everything you say, like is just taken and blown way out of proportion or, you know, people hating you and that don't even know you've never met, you literally have never had any face-to-face conversation. Um, so for me, I just was always the type of person like, bro, he's my teammate. This dude yeah. has never crossed me. Like we've actually had some really good conversations. Like I look up to it, bro. Like I, he inspires me. I see his work ethic every single day. I see how he treats people. You know, aside from like, yo, you're my teammate. Yo, you're my coach. Like, no, he really treats everybody like, yo, you're my brother. You know, like whatever you need, like I got you. Um, he comes in every single day, no matter how many people's in the gym, and says what's up to every single person in the gym. Like, wow. daps you up, gives you a hug. Like, every single person in the gym, you know, like that's just who he is. Um, but yeah, I mean, for me, that that's my experience, bro. Like, he's a great dude. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. That's how I felt with Russ, man. Like, you, you'd be seeing all the scrutiny that Russ would get in the media and pe- people going at his fam- like family at games and stuff. And it's like, bro, like... This dude, Russ, is the nicest human being ever. Like, he shows up every single day, works hard, does the right things. And it's like, every single day he has to wake up to people calling him Westbrook. You know what I mean? It's just... Right. It's, uh... Yeah. I can't even imagine, bro. Like, it's like, imagine, like, your family's there and they're, like, saying crazy stuff to you. You know what I mean? It's just... Yeah. it's annoying and I get it you know there's diehard fans you guys you know really love watching basketball you know but at the end of the day like bro this dude is a human being like this dude exactly. isn't a robot you know what I'm saying that doesn't have feelings that doesn't you know like see any of it like you'd be crazy to think like none of those guys see any of it you know what I'm saying no, I was just going to say, it's crazy how consistent everyone says that about both of those guys. Like, the media completely shits on them all the time and says, like, I don't know why they have a roster spot. Like, right now, Kyrie, like, they're talking about where he's going to sign, and people are like, I wouldn't touch him with a 10-foot pole, like, all these things. It's like, I mean, if he's awesome and his teammates love him, like, he's probably going to sign with the team. Yeah, he's most talented, one of the most talented players <laughs> in the NBA. Yeah. In, in NBA history. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure, man. And obviously, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about KD. The special player KD is probably the greatest scorer of all time. Just talking about some experiences with KD. And, I mean, I, I was able to have a conversation with him, and he was, like, the nicest dude ever, man. Just super pure. Uh, knew who I was, like, and everything like that. So talk about just talk about KD a little bit. Yeah, man. KD's special, bro. I mean, just – he walks in the gym like you see like he's just blessed with long wingspan being 6'10 like you know being able to move like a guard it's just like that's something that you can't teach you can't like no matter how hard you try you can't teach being 6'10 being able to move like that like there's no way but aside from that bro like the skill he has the attention and detail he has in his workouts is like second to none 
and he's another dude like I was talking about Kyrie that comes in and works super hard like he works super hard as well you know and you know he cares about the game like really does care about the game and loves basketball um super chill dude man like super chill chill um doesn't care like doesn't get into all like you know the the media and stuff people like oh he's always on twitter yeah but like he's just chill like he's not (laughs) on twitter trying to get all like bad followers and like do all this extra stuff no like he interacts with fans like he responds just as somebody like will respond to anybody you know and <laughs> but he's just he's just him man like and he's just unapologetically him which is wild i love him bro like i feel like he's one of the obviously he's a great i think he's the greatest scorer of all time and you know he's there for a reason um you know but uh yeah man i, I love k that's my dog man I mean, David, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about we're both from Rhode Island. We both grew up watching the Friars play, and we really saw Ed Cooley build a program of Providence, right? It build a program so so good that you wanted to go go play for him. What what are your takes on the Ed Cooley scenario? Because there's been people from Providence who 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 hate him now, who don't like his decision to go to Georgetown. Why would you go from the top of the Big East to the bottom of the Big East, right? Talk about Coach Cooley's decision and, and what that kind of meant to you. I mean, first off, let me just say this. <laughs> Eric Cooley has been at Providence for, let me see, 12 years. 12 years. 12 years. 12 years. If you go back and look at Providence's record and, like, where they were just, you know, in the, the Big East, I think the year before he got there, they were, like, 4-14. Four and 14. Yeah. Like, just talk about the top of the Big East and bottom. Like, they were – Four and fourteen, you're at the bottom. You know what I mean. So to be there and come into that program and turn it into what he has, like I would consider a high major school. You know, got able to get 100%. top top forty kids, like be a tournament team, a tournament program. Like that's if you give any college coach that career, like they would be happy with. If he was to stop, if he was the only coach for that 12 years and stop, like, he would have a great college coaching career, you know? And it's like, yeah, he went to Georgetown. Yeah, it was in their conference. Yeah, like, Providence fans don't like Georgetown. That's cool. That's your personal feelings emotionally. But, like, in the career side of it, like, he's going to a school to now have – it's another chapter in his life, you know? Like, yeah. it's a different market. You know, he, he – I, I think he's got a nicer contract, I think. Probably, uh, yeah. So, yeah. it's like the only thing that people are really mad at is, like, because he went to – I think I think more because it, it's Georgetown. It's another biggie school. And he's from Providence. And he's from Providence. That, and that rubs people the wrong way. But it's like, man, you can't say, like, you don't like Cooley now all of a sudden because he's going to coach another team, like – that just doesn't make sense to me. Why do you not like yeah. that dude? You know? It's cool to have some friendly banter, like, yeah, like, whatever, this and that. But, like, if you really are feeling that way, it's like, come on, man. <laughs> you know? There's bigger things in life, you know? I, I hope, I really do hope he does well. Like, I really genuinely yeah. hope he does. And I told him that myself, you know? I love him to this day because he gave me an opportunity to come and play for my hometown. Um, I'll forever love him for that, you know? Be grateful to him for that. Uh, I really hope Kim English does really well. 
over at Providence. I've talked to him as well and told him that myself. And like, you know, I, both of those dudes, I'm really rooting for their successes. It would be really dope to see both of them if they end up being both really well, uh, really good teams this year or in the future, whatever. Like, that would be dope to see. But I don't think there's any, like, animosity or any type of bad feeling about who we going to Georgetown. Like, I feel like, bro, I'm happy, bro. You know, it's another chapter yeah. in his career that would be uh, uh, written in history. So, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping he does well. I mean, at the end of the day, he brought Providence to, to levels that they never seen before. Obviously, Sweet 16s and and obviously producing NBA players. Um, and if, if he weren't if he weren't to have done well his first four years, they would have fired him anyway. So <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think the coaches have the freedom to to do as they please, like kind of like the players do now. So, but David, man, it's been a, it's been a pleasure, man. Obviously. I've known you since sixth grade, and, and for us to be able to kind of be on this journey together, to climb that ladder together, being two top 50 players in high school together, be, being able to go to big-time big universities and, and seeing you make it to the league and me kind of following your, your footsteps the year after, it's just it's been a pleasure, bro. Obviously, just admire your work ethic, admire the, the journey you take, admire the faith that you have, and, uh, man, I'm, I'm excited to keep on climbing this ladder with you. Man, I appreciate that, bro. Been at it for a minute. It's only – it's still – just scratching the surface another chapter you know entering the league and uh yeah man i'm rooting for you bro wherever you're at i'm rooting for you man you already know if you need anything anything just let me know i'm always a text call away uh yes, anything sir. i can do for you you know what i'm saying but yeah man we locked in and patty i appreciate you as well you know have yeah, yeah of course bro. thank you for make, taking the time that was awesome definitely man just just two kids from rhode island man which is it's crazy the Rhode Yo, Island I'll, boys. Put it on the yeah, map. <laughs> hey, I was telling your boy in the podcast, there's only been around like 5,000 players that ever touched the league. And uh, me and you, two kids from Rhode Island, to make it is, is, is wild, bro. That's crazy. That's crazy to think like, like 5,000 people in the history of like a basketball. The NBA. Yeah. That's crazy. Bro, there's 5,000 people in this building that probably that I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, that's crazy. That's crazy. It's crazy, like, when you kind of think about and, like, put it in that perspective, right? You kind of um, realize and see how blessed you are and, like, kind of just how things lined up. Because it's like, you know, we know so many guys that probably could play in the league, that are talented enough to play in the league, that just didn't for whatever reason, you know? Like, God just wanted us in the league and it just worked out. So, (laughs) we just, you know, you have a great work ethic, you know? I try to have a great work ethic because, you know, I feel like this opportunity doesn't really come too often to everybody. You know what I'm saying? That's why I respect about you as well. You know, you really care and, like, you don't really take it for granted and you're about your business. And anybody who's, like, about their business, whatever they do, basketball, sports, art, entertainment, whatever it is, like, if you're about your business, like, I respect this because, you know, it's better than just tricking it off. And there's usually a funny way of, of making it. Those people usually have a funny way of just making it to, to where they want to be, so... Man, David, it was a pleasure as always, bro. I'll talk to you soon, man. And uh, that's a wrap, man. Another another episode of The Sweater Show complete. Sir, appreciate it, bro. What's up, everybody? Thank you guys for tuning in. We really hope you enjoyed this week's show. To find out who will be joining us next week, make sure you're following us on all social media platforms, at Swider Show on Instagram, at Swider Show on Twitter, and at Swider Show on TikTok. We also recently developed our very own YouTube page, www.youtube.com slash at Swider Show. 
and subscribe. You can send in a mailbag question to be featured on the show, swidershow at gmail.com. And of course, if you haven't already, make sure to turn on those notifications so you never miss an episode week to week. Cool Swider Show with Patty Casey is presented by Blue Wire Podcast and our executive producer is Adam Lewis. The Swider Show is created by Cole Swider, Patty Casey, and producer Adam Lewis. All rights reserved. Thank you, guys. We'll see you next week.